It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Faster my crazy day, my pack commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Titans, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Titans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to Locked on Titans, your daily source for all Titans news and information with your host, Terry McCormick of TitanInsider.com, Greg Arias, and former Tennessee Titans All-Pro left tackle Brad Hopkins. It's Tuesday, Terry McCormick, which means just you and I, but certainly, as always on Tuesdays, a lot to get to with our four downs that we uh, do, and uh, I think we've got some interesting stuff for the listeners today. But first, we start with current news, and on the injury front, in that current news, not good news for the Titans and Carl Klug, who is now done for the season. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, you know, sad for Carl Klug. He's the guy who's put in six years here, uh, been through a lot of the bad times that the Titans have gone through, and now that things are beginning to look up, he unfortunately suffered an Achilles injury. He had strained it the week before against the Broncos, seemingly had made it through that, but then suffered a tear of the Achilles uh in Sunday's win over Kansas City, and uh, certainly going to have surgery, and his season is done. And you mentioned it, of course, six years, been through the bad times, and a really good guy. You obviously hate to see anyone get hurt playing this game that they love and we enjoy watching, but especially a guy like that that just, uh, he's a lunch pail guy, keeps his head down. You don't hear a lot about him other than maybe making a play here and there on the football field, and just a really good person, and certainly hate to hate to see that from that standpoint. Uh, absolutely. You know, Carl Klug, about as blue-collar as it gets in the NFL, you know, with his work ethic and the way he goes about his business and uh, conducts himself, uh, always willing to do, you know, the interview, always very thoughtful, a hard-working guy, uh, not above getting in a training camp fight or two, but, uh, you know, a guy that uh, certainly has put in the work and uh, you really feel bad for a guy like that who has uh, put in the time here and uh, may not get to enjoy the fruits of the Titans' labor if they uh, continue to uh, improve and and make a run at the playoffs. Another injury of concern for this week heading into Jacksonville, that of Jason McCourty, likely out for this game. In fact, Mike Malarkey pretty much said that in the Monday press conference that it looked like McCourty would be out with the chest injury that uh, he suffered early in the game against Kansas City on Sunday. Yeah, he went out on the very first play. You know, there's a chance maybe late in the week if he can do a little something, they can take a look at it. But probably doesn't sound promising, I would say, at least right now. Don't know that he's been completely ruled out, but it certainly doesn't sound promising. If there is a bright side to this, it's the fact that, and we'll talk about this a little later, it's the fact that rookie LaShawn Sims 
has played fairly well filling in for him. Absolutely he has, and that's something that uh, is somewhat unexpected because this Titan secondary uh, certainly had struggled through the early part of the season, but now, Terry, in the last couple of weeks at least, have made some plays and have looked a little bit better. And uh, obviously trying to figure out just what's caused that improvement in the secondary uh, is something certainly to be speculated about. Yes, it definitely is, and I think uh, you know we'll get into that a little bit with Sims, but it certainly has been a welcome surprise uh, for this Titans team to have uh, you know the, the defense and the secondary playing well, and uh, you know I guess exceeding the the slight expectations that we've had for them most of the year. Other injury news, it looks like the Titans could get two players back, Denora Searcy and Philip Supernall. They're both in the concussion protocol, but hopefully this week can get a practice under their belt, go through the retest procedure, and, and possibly be cleared and, and be ready to go against Jacksonville. Yeah, they're going to have to go through the league protocol before they can uh, you know, be cleared to return and practice and be cleared to play in the game. Now, they can practice without being cleared from the, the protocol. Uh, but then once they go through a practice, that's when they have to be retested and to see if they can get through the protocol and be cleared to play. So it, there's a process, obviously, that the NFL has uh, put in place, and they're obviously taking concussions and things like this a lot more seriously than they have in the past, and that's part of the process. And, of course, the big current news item, the Titans, Terry, still control their own destiny uh, to win the division first and get into the playoffs by virtue of that if they can win out. And, of course, that starts this week going to Jacksonville and facing a team. And we'll talk a little bit more about Jacksonville uh, as we go along today. But a team in Jacksonville that's certainly struggling in a lot of different areas. Yeah, they are. The Jaguars are kind of in disarray. And like you mentioned, the Titans – uh, controlling their own fate. If they can somehow win two ball games uh, here in these last two games, then they will uh, be the AFC South champion and will go into the playoffs. As improbable as that sounded uh, when the season began, that is a realistic possibility with two, you know, with two games left. Absolutely. And when you look at the preseason prognostications for this team, not a lot of people had these guys, the Titans, winning at least eight games and possibly as many as nine or even ten if they can win out in this thing. So certainly a, a lot of uh, exceeding of expectations has been done by this franchise this year. Yes, it definitely has. I think when you look at, uh, you know, at it at the start of the year, most people would have said, you know, six or seven wins, maybe eight at the, at the most would be uh, – a good year for this team, but certainly that was not the goal for Mike Malarkey and uh, John Robinson and the players on this roster. It certainly has been a nice change that uh, the Titans have uh, have made here and uh, probably exceeded nearly everybody's expectations. Yeah, I had them with six wins coming into the season, six and ten, with a possibility of seven or eight with some luck. And certainly, uh, I think it's been more than luck that this team has had because uh, you, you don't use luck to beat the Denver Broncos, the defending Super Bowl champions in Kansas City on the road in back-to-back weeks. Oh, no. I mean, I agree. You, know, this, you look at the wins that the Titans have, and they have wins over – Five, I think five of their victories so far have been over teams that are still well in the playoff chase. Four of them, I think, would actually be in right now. We're talking about 
the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions in the NFC and the Miami Dolphins and Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC, not to mention the win over the Broncos, which the Broncos were in in the playoffs before that loss to the Titans. Now they're still in contention, but on the outside looking in. You are listening to Locked On Titans on the Locked On Podcast Network. And now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. It's a common expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the GEICO app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold, emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay. Get the GEICO app, look it in the mouth, get amazing services. Thank you. Week 15 of football season is upon us. Your team may be facing just a few must-win games or is already a lock for the postseason. Either way, SeatGeek is the easiest way to find tickets for the last few games of the season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest games of the year, and with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want at a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to buy tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats for this weekend or any game this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your bucks. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. So you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, our listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. How do you do that? It's really simple and it's really easy. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, click Add a Promo Code, Enter the promo code LOTITANS and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first purchase. Again, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, click add a promo code, enter the promo code LOTITANS and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LOTITANS today. Terry, as we jump in... Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. Ooh, all right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors mm-hmm. <laughs> and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. To our four downs, we start with Gus Bradley, of course, the now former head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was terminated Sunday afternoon in Houston and then had to fly back to Jacksonville on the team charter with his former team. Uh, I'm sure that had to be an awkward situation, but it sets up uh, certainly some interesting things for this week when the Titans visit Jacksonville. And one is the possibility that this energizes Jacksonville. We went through this last year when Ken Wisenhunt was fired here in Nashville and saw the Titans come out and win in New Orleans in the first game under Mike Malarkey as the interim head coach and Jacksonville now facing that this week. 
Yeah, you don't ever really know, you know, what is going to uh, happen when a team fires a coach in the middle of the year, whether it's going to be uh, something that motivates them or if it's going to be something that causes them to mail it in. You know, uh, you look, the Titans last year got a short-term boost uh, from the uh, firing of Ken Wisenhunt when uh, they were able to win that game in New Orleans, like you mentioned, uh, and then... The uh, then earlier this year when the Rams fired Jeff Fisher, of course they played a short on a short week on a Thursday night in Seattle and uh, they laid an egg that didn't really show up at all and uh, you know I think a lot of it just depends on the team you know the Jaguars have been fighting hard they've been playing well and playing hard for Gus Bradley despite not winning any ball games uh, you know even up till the very end they had a lead on Houston Sunday and for a while it looked like they were going to pull the upset and do both the Titans and Colts a big favor, but it didn't turn out that way. And I think when you look at, uh, you know, the way the Jaguars are playing, you know, the fact that, you know, they're still playing hard, they haven't mailed it in like you're seeing with the Rams or the Jets or the 49ers, other teams that know they're out of it, you know, and and playing horrible football right now. You know, if you're the Titans, this really kind of sends you a a wake-up message, not that you needed one because you're in contention, but it does send a message to you that you better watch out for the Jaguars because they may have just a little extra motivation coming into this one now. Absolutely, I agree with that. But let me pose this question to you. Obviously, Jacksonville, with just two games left to play, would that factor into this that they know, hey, we are out of it, yes, we've got something to play for, yes, we can affect the uh, eventual winner of the division, but with only those two games left – and all this going on, obviously I think it's a possibility that it flips the other way, and even though they've been uh, competitive and playing hard, they could now go into the tank. It's really uh, an unknown for the Titans. Yeah, it really is. I think you know, it's, a, it's a matter of, you know, probably just how the game unfolds early on. You know, it, it's probably a situation where uh, if they come out and, you know, they're in the ball game and they are uh, – you know, competitive for the first quarter, the first quarter and a half, uh, then they probably hang in the game uh, pretty much the whole time, I would think, and have a chance to pull the upset. If uh, they come out and uh, the the Titans go up 17 nothing really quick and uh, the Jaguars are in a hole, then you could see uh, a situation probably where, uh, you know, the Jaguars wind up mailing it in and, uh, and not, uh, you know, performing very well. So it certainly is a, a situation, you know, that could go either way. Just probably depends on how the game unfolds. Let's move on to second down and talk about Doug Marone. He is now the interim head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And there are some interesting ties, Terry, to both Middle Tennessee and to the Titans with Doug Marone because he is the son-in-law of former MTSU great head coach, football coach Boots Donnelly, and he also, Terry, interviewed for the opening with the Titans prior to Mike Malarkey being hired uh, last offseason. So certainly a little bit of a familiarity there between he and the Titans organization. Yeah, it certainly is uh, interesting because I think uh, when you uh, you know look at the thing, you know, Doug Marone is a guy, like you said, that does have some ties to the area. I don't know that he himself has ever lived very much in this area, but the former Syracuse head coach, former Buffalo Bills head coach, and yes, he is the son-in-law of Boots Donnelly, who is uh, kind of a legend here in the uh, mid-state area with his uh, long run as the coach at MTSU 
and uh, also before that being a high school coach and coaching at Austin P as well. So uh, Marone, like you said, was an, granted an interview for the Titans head coaching position. I think everybody pretty much knew uh, the way that was unfolding, that uh, the Titans were going to stick with Mike Malarkey. And uh, Marone's interview, even though I was told that it went well, you know, it's probably one of those situations where he never really had much of a chance to change their mind away from Malarkey. Now, that's worked out very well so far for the Titans. But uh, certainly if you're Doug Marone, you may want to show the Titans that maybe they should have considered you more strongly. And then the bigger picture for Marone is this is a two-game audition for him to impress Shad Khan and general manager Dave Caldwell that he needs to be the Jaguars' next head coach. If the Jaguars respond well to Marone and they they come out, they score some points, they you know look alive on defense and make some plays for him, and they're competitive, maybe win one or two of these games that are remaining on their schedule. They've got division games against the Titans, and then next week against the Colts. Then perhaps you know Doug Marone can set himself up like Mike Malarkey did last year to be the next full-time head coach of the Jaguars and kind of call off the the coaching search that everyone is expecting. Moving on to third down, Terry, you wrote an article yesterday, Monday, on Titan Insider uh, about LaShawn Sims, the rookie cornerback that uh, stepped in in the Chicago game, uh, struggled a little bit, but since that time has learned some things and began to play better and had a huge interception on Sunday in Kansas City. Yes, he did. You know, uh, LaShawn Sims, and in the first game he played, kind of thrown into the fire against the Bears, and really got picked on by, of all people, Matt Barkley, who is uh, certainly nobody's Johnny Unitas when it comes to quarterbacking, although I guess he's done better than many people expected. But uh, during the bye week and then the last couple of games against uh, Kansas City and Denver, uh, Sims has really acquitted himself very well, had a big pass breakup against the Broncos that helped preserve that win for the Titans, and then also uh, had the interception of Alex Smith on Sunday that uh, stopped the Chiefs' uh, drive and stopped them from scoring and allowed the Titans to stay in it and eventually win it. So I asked Sims, you know, what's, been the, what's changed for him? And he said that one of the veterans, safety Rashad Johnson, a newcomer here, but a guy who's been around the league, longtime Arizona Cardinal, uh, he said that Rashad Johnson has kind of taken him aside, taken him under his wing, and watched film with him and kind of pointed out to him, you know, knowing that, uh, Sims is a small school guy, played at Southern Utah, where probably there's not a lot of complicated schemes and systems, and he's kind of showing him the ropes of how NFL receivers think and how they're going to try to attack him uh, on a week-to-week basis. And so Sims credits that with uh, helping his development, but rather rapidly, I might add, over the last couple of weeks. And certainly that was one of the reasons that Rashad Johnson was brought in. It wasn't necessarily that uh, he's been a a good player throughout the course of his uh, NFL career, not necessarily a great player, but that leadership, that's an intangible that he's helping these young guys to improve, and that's certainly a benefit and something that I think John Robinson and Mike Malarkey saw in him when they decided to sign him and bring him here. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think that's one of the – areas that uh, he excels the most in. Now, he also had a couple of fumble, uh, uh, forced fumbles against the Denver Broncos that didn't hurt either. But, uh, you know, he's a veteran guy. You know, he was brought in here. Most people thought that he would be the starter. He's kind of dropped off into a rotation with Kevin Byard and Damian Stafford 
and Denoris Thirsty, who uh, is hurt right now. But, uh, you know, in terms of what Johnson has brought in, he's fine with that rotation. He's being a team guy, and I think, you know, that sort of approach, that sort of attitude, is it's infectious that when a team starts to win and guys buy into their role knowing that, hey, I may be doing less than I usually do, but I'm still making a contribution. Let's move on to fourth down, Terry, and uh, obviously we'll get into more game analysis as the week progresses, but uh, this game, a trap game for the Titans. We hear that term quite a bit, but it really is because everything points to the Titans being able to win. They've come off of two back-to-back emotional wins, basically playoff games, wins over Denver and Kansas City, and now they have the, quote, lowly Jaguars who aren't necessarily the worst team in football, obviously, with the Browns having not won a game, but they're right there again in that pecking order for a top two or three uh, draft spot, and the Titans really have to watch out for this one. Yeah, they really do. I mean, you know, if the Titans want to see what a trap game can mean, all they got to do is look back at last Sunday against the Chiefs. The Chiefs were riding high coming off a victory over the Raiders that put them in first place in the AFC West. This week they've got the Broncos and they had the Titans sandwiched in between two important division games. Now, this is a division game, obviously, for the Titans, but the Jaguars at 2-12 and 12 on paper don't necessarily scare you, but uh, you certainly can't get caught looking forward to the Houston Texans matchup. You've got to take care of business against the Jaguars. You can't give this team any reason to have life and to expect to pull off an upset. You know, they're in disarray, having made a coaching change. Their quarterback, Blake Bortles, has struggled all year. His mechanics are a mess. You know, they're, they're having problems everywhere. The last thing you want to do is to make the mistake of overlooking them or making, you know, some sort of turnover or committing some sort of uh, miscue that's going to give a team like that life and a reason to play hard for four quarters. Absolutely, and if the Titans need an even better example, Terry, just look back to one season ago. They went through the same thing, the firing of a coach, the interim coach coming in, winning that first game, going through the struggles, and now being in a much better position this year. So certainly something that they have experience with that uh, hopefully they will fall back on and avoid that trap and come out and get out to an early start and get a lead in this thing. Yeah, it's something they're just going to have to do. If they're going to, you know, if you're going to go to the playoffs, you got to take, you know, every game seriously. You can't just get up for when you're playing a ten and three Chiefs team. You got to have that same level of uh, motivation and momentum when you're playing the teams that are two and twelve, like the Jaguars. Because you know, this, let's face it, this is a team that plays close against everybody. They played a two point game against Cleveland. They played uh, a very close game that uh, they that could have gotten away from them against the Chicago Bears. And those are two of the five five or six worst teams in the league right there. So they cannot afford to take the Jaguars lightly, even though they pretty much had their way with them in the Thursday night game uh, that was played here in Nashville back in October. Time for our final thoughts on this Tuesday edition. Terry, your final thought for today. My final thought is on just how the city of Nashville finally seems to be back on board with the Titans. And and I don't blame them for being skeptical because the product has been horrible for the, the previous couple of years. And, you know, Fans have, you know, hard-earned money, that, uh, and they don't want to waste it on a product that's subpar. But kudos to the Titans for, you know, getting this city galvanized again and, and supporting them because the, suck, the Ryan Suckup field goal that uh, won Sunday's ball game really kind of drove the point home 
and you know it was the talk of the town yesterday. You know the whole the whole way that game unfolded. You know the Titans after several years of struggling. It looks like they are finally back, not only on the national radar as a viable team, but here they're they're a part of the local consciousness again, and uh, they're relevant again for the first time in quite a while. My final thought, and we've said this a, a few times throughout the season, and, and tag games is must win. But this is a must win ball game if you're the Tennessee Titans. Why? Well, if you're truly a playoff team, you don't lose to two and ten teams. You don't lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cleveland Browns. The New England Patriots certainly wouldn't lose those kind of games, and I'm not comparing the Titans to the Patriots at this point. But the Patriots, a perennial playoff Super Bowl contending team they win those games they lose games to good football teams and that's where the Titans if they want to be a good football team and a perennial contender in the future this to me is a must-win game you cannot go down there and lay an egg with so much on the line and lose this game and then come into a game against Houston next week where you're a game behind and have to win just to create a tie and then obviously you could still miss out on the playoffs this is a playoff game against a bad team, and the Titans must win it. That's my final thought for this Tuesday edition. Terry, good stuff as always, and uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. All right, sounds good. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you Wednesday. You've been listening to Locked on Titans. You are Locked on Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.